Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. So this is Fasting and Prayer Day 3, Benefits of Prayer and Fasting. And I'm going to take you into some individual fasts in the Bible and show you what they accomplished. Before I get into that, we made an announcement last night. So I need you to not only take note of this yourself, but if you, I won't ask you to do this all the time, but if you could share this and get this out, particularly if you're in Pittsburgh or Southwest Pennsylvania, um, we're moving the, prayer, the, the noon to one and the seven o'clock service to this, to our main sanctuary, the church where we had the uh, Friday, New Year's Eve, Saturday, Sunday morning church. So it's not where we were yesterday. It's back at 107 Patton Drive, Coriopolis, Pennsylvania, 15108. And that is Friday, Monday to Friday, noon and 7. Uh, we take Saturdays off. Sunday we have our regular church at 10 a.m. So that's today, starting today. Noon to 1 for prayer. If you're anywhere near me in Pennsylvania, please come. Yes, Gina said, does this mean that you'll show the stream? That's pretty much why we're moving. We didn't have signal over there to do the stream, and we want to do the stream. So I'm glad you've been enjoying it. Ivana said we've been enjoying the church services. Glad you're watching today. Would love to see where you're watching from. Lucy on the app, Jaden, Jesse, good to see you all. If they can do it, I'm probably going to need a screen that size for here. Yeah, like that size for here as well. Okay. Yeah, because it, it's just just readable. But if it was, if it was bigger, it'd be great. G- good job with everything. Georgia, Redding, California, Ohio, Texas, West Virginia. Patrick, thanks for coming up for the, for the weekend. Good to be back. We'll start check the news next week. So we'll we'll start getting back to the normal broadcasting schedule. But right now. Jamaica, Nikki, the Philippines, Riza, oh, the UK, I know you, Ms. Green. People from all over the place, great to see you. So today, fasting and prayer, day three, benefits of fasting and prayer. I want you, if you have your Bible, to open with me to Psalm 69. Verse 9, passion for your house has consumed me, and the insults of those who insult you have fallen upon me. When I weep and fast, they scoff at me. When I dress in burlap to show sorrow, they make fun of me. I am the favorite topic of town gossip, and all the drunks sing about me. But I keep praying to you, Lord, hoping this time you'll show me favor. In your unfailing love, O God, answer my prayer with your sure salvation. This is a psalm of David. So David tells you that he prayed and wept and dressed in burlap and fasted to the point that people made fun of him for it. That's Psalm 69, verses 9 and 10. A psalm of David, a man after God's own heart. (coughs) David's letting you know that he was fasting so much that the town drunks would make fun of him for it. This is called, this is Dake's note on Psalm 69, 10. Fasting and prayer the cure for unbelief. Very small print. The disciples asked Jesus why they could not heal a lunatic boy. Jesus said, because of your unbelief. 
Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, verses 14 to 21. Faith needs prayer for its development and full growth. And prayer needs fasting for the same reason. I found that interesting. Faith needs prayer for its development and full growth. And prayer needs fasting for the same reason. In other words, uh, your faith doesn't really have expression without prayer. And then uh, the same with your prayer. Fasting develops prayer. Fasting has done wonders when used in combination with prayer and faith. This is a biblical doctrine. To fast means to abstain from food. Listen to this. That which caused the fall of man. Fasting humbles the soul before God. Psalm 35, 13. Let's look that up. Psalm 35, 13. I don't know that one off the top of my head. Yet when they were ill, I grieved for them. I denied myself by fasting for them. That's a Psalm of David. So there, there he's talking about his fasting again. It chastens the soul and crucifies the appetites and denies them so as to give the entire time to prayer. It manifests earnestness before God to the exclusion of all else. I mean, that's what we're doing here. I'm, I'm doing three services a day, and then the people noon to one praying, and then back at church at night. So it's not just fasting and praying. It's you're, you're devoting yourself to God. Obviously, we, we make the services so you can go to work. Hey, Killa in Hawaii, good to see you. In school, you know, my daughter's in school, but basically, these are 21 days where you're not just fasting and praying. You're giving yourself to God. It's not just starving to death while you watch Netflix. It shows obedience. It gives the digestive system a rest. It demonstrates the mastery of man over appetites, aids in victory over temptation, helps to attain power over demons. I do want to, I didn't have it planned to talk to because I'm reading this for the first time, but I would say that fasting and prayer, how he threw that in there, that it, it aids in overcoming temptation. The strongest urge of the flesh is to eat. So when you can master uh, your appetite, not eating, then you can master everything else with ease. Are you sure these green and red lights are the camera that's on? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. This, is, this is my camera. No, red. Red's the one that's on. Green's not on? Green is, green is green. Ah. I see. I was thinking stop and go. Sorry, sorting out the new studio. So the strongest uh, desire of the flesh is to eat. And um, if you can master that one, then all the other temptations of the flesh that the devil sends your way. I don't know if easy is the right word to use, but you can handle them. When I hear about how many people struggle with sin... I really feel like if people would fast and pray, they wouldn't. Let alone the other, what prayer does for you. My, my father talked yesterday at the noon to one service about holiness. Um, 
being derived from prayer, which is true. But even beyond that, your, uh, your flesh, when you master it with your spirit, you know, you say, I'm going to eat or I'm not going to eat. Midway through day one, your body starts coming up, starts sending signals to your mind about, well, you know, I could, I could probably start three days from now. Uh, I still have family in town. You know, my mom and dad were visiting when we started the fast. So you think of a million reasons why you can't fast. And then if you stay on the fast, good to have you from California, Mary. When you stay on the fast, you're telling your flesh, I don't care that you're hungry. We're not going to do what the, our flesh wants. We're going we're to do what we've determined to do in our spirit. Well, that carries over to a lot of areas in life. You know, you make up your mind you're not going to have sex until you're married. And then you're given opportunity to go back on that. Well, it's a stronger desire of the flesh to eat than it is to have sex. So you master that. And you look at how many young, not young people, all people. You look at Judge Judy. It's all age groups. Living with people multiple boyfriends and girlfriends, their, their flesh is completely uncontrolled. And I don't think it's an accident, even though I didn't set out to do it that way, that in giving myself to fasting and prayer to start the year, right when I finished uh, Bible school at 21 years old, I never went down those paths, alcohol, drugs, even depression. Now think of this, not, not just temptation, what about when your mind is, is trying to be attacked with fear or anxiety? Well, I can master that too. My spirit, you learn to make your spirit, man, the dominant force in your life. You're not affected by your emotions, which I'm not. And I believe that comes from fasting and, and prayer. People that fast and pray, their flesh is whipped like a well-trained dog. It's still alive. It still wants to do things it's not allowed to do. But if you've mastered a dog, you look at it and point, and it'll sit right down and put its, its uh, ears back. That's what fasting and prayer does to your flesh. Instead of your flesh being a wild bronco, that when it's hungry, you have to eat. When it wants alcohol, you have to drink. When it wants to sleep with somebody, all the restraints are off. Instead, when those desires flare up, you point, and it sits and puts its ears back and nods its head. That's what fasting and prayer does. It gives you victory. Good to see you from Cotto Mills. It gives you victory over the flesh. So I like that he threw that in there. Demonstrates a mastery of man over appetites, aids in victory over temptation. I want you to write those two things down. Fasting demonstrates the mastery of man over appetites, and aids in victory over temptation. It helps to attain power over demons, develops faith, crucifies unbelief, and aids in prayer. Matthew 4, 1 to 11, and Matthew 17, 14 to 21. All believers are supposed to fast. Now, I'm going to add to that what Pastor Adeboye adds to it. And, and I, I forgot to mention it yesterday. Um, and I'll probably need to say it a few times because you, you always uh, are surprised how many stupid people there are on planet Earth. You know, if you have a six-year-old, you don't make them fast for 21 days. You don't make them fast, period. Um, nobody under 18 has to fast food. Nobody 70 or older has to fast food. Now, 70 and older, if you want to, 
I'm not going to stop you. But I'm exempting you if you want to take the exemption. And then um, who else? If you're pregnant. You know, I'm pregnant. Can I still fast? No. And then if you're a nursing mother, you don't fast. You don't have your newborn fast. So I don't need some idiot dying in, you know, Arkansas or something and then uh, them tracing it back to me calling a fast. Uh, obviously, there's some people, very few people, but there are some people that are not to fast. Um, all believers, though, are supposed to fast. So the children, not yet, but they will. The old people, not now, but they have, hopefully. The pregnant and nursing mothers, not now, but they will later. All believers are supposed to fast, but no regulations or set rules are given as to how long or how often. That is determined by individual desire and needs. Now, I'm going to stop there. That's true. And um, I probably should get a couple of these things out of the way. Because people say, um, you know, the Bible says when you pray, you're to pray in secret. Yes, but if you read Acts chapter 4, there was a called time of prayer where they were praying publicly. It wasn't everybody praying uh, secretly. Christian, I don't know what you're talking about. You're at why not. I just got asked this. I don't know what, I don't know what you're writing why not about. Um. So there is public and corporate prayer in the book of Acts, and it's not wrong to call a time of fasting. That was done in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. When Jesus talked about when you fast to comb your hair and wash your face, which is good advice for many people when they're not fasting, um, what they're dealing with is not doing it to be seen. So, you know, you're not walking around all disheveled and late for work and not doing a good job at work. What's your problem? I'm fasting right now. You do it between you and the Lord, but as a company of believers, we are, we are allowed. Why are those people exempt from fasting? Why are um, pregnant women exempted from fasting? I'll give you one guess. Why are children exempted from fasting? Because they're, is this a serious question? Why are pregnant nursing mothers existed, exempted from fasting? Why are children exempted from fasting? You don't see any child fasts in the Bible. I don't know if that was a serious question or not. And then Pastor Adeboye exempts people that are 70 and older. So I just do it because he does. Because I'm not 70 or older. I don't know what it's like when you're that age. He does. He obviously knows something I don't. And I trust him. That's why. So, um, though... No set time for fasting is given in the Bible or, or length of time. You, mu you, you have to think it's interesting that um, basically the entire body of Christ is on a fast right now. Without any, now, now think of this. Without anybody coordinating it, the entire body of Christ is on a fast right now. They're fasting 21 days in Nigeria, Ghana, South Korea, the United States, Canada, and they're not doing it because I called it. It's done all over the world. My dad and I used to do it without knowing anybody else was doing it. To me, the 21-day fast to start the year is, is, a, is a spirit orchestrated thing. 
What about anger during fasting? I don't know what that, you know. The, same as anger when you're not fasting. Get a handle on it. I, you know how many questions I've been asked during prayer and fasting? Um, you're saying you're fasting, we're to fast 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So am I allowed to eat at 5.30 in the morning? Yes. I don't know how, how much clearer you can make it. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., no food. 6.01 to 6 the next morning, eat up. So I do find that this 21 days of, yeah, somebody said we're fasting in India too. It is interesting. It's, it's interesting to me how many people that don't know each other are on a 21-day fast all over the world. I, um, when I first got out of Bible college and started doing this to start the year, that was when Jensen Franklin wrote that book on fasting, and it was like at that time, that was happening. That's why he wrote the book. It was like there, leaders weren't calling a fast in America, but people wanted to fast to start the year. Or you can do it the other way and make a bunch of New Year's resolutions and um, have them all fail five days in. But this, this is not a New Year's resolution. This is a consecration of your life. Onesimus said fasting in Kenya too. See, this is amazing to me. Pastor Sam Coberly said my first 21-day fast was the start of 2020. So thankful. And his ministries exploded then. That's awesome, Darlene. We are fasting in Uganda, 21 days. See, it, you, would have to, you would have to at least find that interesting. That all these nations and different denominations and fellowships are all fasting at the same time without knowing each other exists. That's the Lord. And that's why when I see some young chump that's in the ministry, post a photo of their meal they're having during this time. It's like, if I wasn't going to participate, I would at least not flaunt that I wasn't participating. You know, you might want to have some respect for what God's doing. I find it funny when places say that we're going to, in America, they say we're going to have 21 days of prayer. So they cut the fasting out. You're supposed to pray at all times without ceasing, the Bible says. There's not supposed to be 21 days of prayer. You pray every day. I just announced yesterday when I, when I was in the anointing in the prayer meeting, we're going to have noon to one prayer, Monday to Friday. I, I feel to do it. <laughs> People putting good advice in the comments. Justin said, this is my first extended fast. That's good. And then we're going to fast three days a month as a church as well. Now, just the three days a month is a tithe of the year. We're going to have three days of fasting and prayer that will uh, coincide with spiritual emphasis. So, because that's a mistake I made when I was younger, is I'd fast 21 days and then, and then not do it again. So then January's rolling back around, and you're like, oh, no. It's like working out hard for 30 days and then stopping. You know, when you go back the next year, you're, 
you're in bad shape. But if you, if you continually fast, in the early church, records tell us that the early church fasted two days a week. So what's that? 104 days a year that the early church would do, which is almost a tithe of the year. So the early church fasted. And I'm, I'm going to get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me see. Uh, did I finish this? All believers are supposed to fast, but no regulations or set rules <coughs> are given as to how long or how often. I'll tell you another thing I like about fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year is, um, number one, you're consecrating the year to God. Number two, the Bible says you don't know what evil tomorrow holds so when we were doing our 21 day fast in january of 2020 nobody knew that covid was coming but the bible says you do not know what you should pray for nor how you should pray but the holy spirit prays through you in groanings and utterances that can't be expressed in your natural language so who knows what we were praying when we were praying in tongues in January 2020. Praying against the plan to collapse the economy. Praying against the plan to choke your money out. Praying against things we didn't even know were going to happen, but the Holy Ghost knows what's going to happen ahead of time. And when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying out of the mind and intelligence of God, not just about you know, about things you don't even know need prayer. Need prayer. You do not know what you should pray for, nor how you should pray. I mean, that, that would give me a major motivation to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You do not know what you should pray for, nor, nor how you should pray. That's quite a statement. You don't even know what to pray for, and you don't know how to pray. So, so prayer has to be done in the spirit. And you hear people sometimes pray that you can tell have never met the Holy Spirit. Father God, we just come to you today, Father God, and we just thank you, Father God, for, Father God, the, the birds that are in the air, Father God, and the flowers, Father God. And as we've gathered here on this Sunday, Father God, we just ask you, Father God, to, to, to be here with us, Father God. And, and Lord, you know all the needs, Father God. And um, Mary Johnson, Father God, is... Going in for, for surgery, Father God, we just ask that you'd be a comforter, Father God. Bless the remainder of this service, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. There's nothing. You don't feel a drop of anything. And then we don't have it on, a, oh no, we do have it on video. But if you watch my, my father pray, you know, you can tell you're listening to a man, like it says in the book of Acts, they could tell they had been with Jesus. Whatever you guys can get first, either when my dad prayed on Friday night or when my dad prayed yesterday to close the service out noon to one, let me know when it's ready. And, I, and I'll, I'll pray what, like spiritual prayer because the Bible talks about fervent prayer. I want you to write that down. Fervent prayer. A, a strength in prayer. Prayer from the heart. You read what we started off with in Psalm 69 that David was pouring out his heart to God, tore his clothes. I mean, I mean, real prayer. They pray like that in West Africa. They pray like that in India. It's the right way to pray. It's the Bible way to pray with a passion, 
from your spirit. There's a problem when somebody, you know, Father, my child's on heroin. We just ask, Father, that you would help. You know, what, what, what is that? Your child's at the throes of death. Something should come from your heart. And, and that's how you're to pray. That's, that's why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Doug said, if you're a Christian, the baptism of the Holy Ghost should be the number one thing you should seek out before you do anything else as a Christian. He's correct. About how long on the video? All right, cool. So... Men should fast when under chastening, under judgment, when they're in need, when they're in danger, like Esther, Esther, sorry, I combined Esther and Ezra. When worried, Daniel 6.18, when they're in trouble, Acts 27, 9 and 33, in spiritual conflict, Matthew 4, 1 to 11, and when desperate in prayer. Write that down. Desperate in prayer. When, when Rodney Howard Brown got arrested in March of 2020 and they called me and let me know he had just been taken in, I immediately went on a 21-day fast. Why? Two reasons. Number one, I'm not going to have my friend in prison and me ordering Uber Eats in saying, oh, sorry to hear about that. I was praying. I didn't know they were going to let him out in 40 minutes. But you know the other thing? You could tell the clamps were closing down on the American church. And I didn't feel like eating. You could tell we were under duress. You could feel that this was, a, uh, this was a, an all-out assault by the gates of hell to shut the church down. And I thought, well, if I go down, I'm going down swinging. I'm going on 21 days of prayer and fasting. I didn't feel like eating, you know. I don't know uh, by show of emoji hands if anybody's ever been in a place like that. We're, 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 when your soul is grieved about something, you're not hungry. You don't go to the uh, children's ICU at a hospital and see a lot of parents walking around holding a sandwich. So, so when you feel grieved about something, it's actually natural to fast. You're not hungry. Now think of this. Rather than waiting for something to happen this year to put us in that state and then pray, we're fasting like that ahead of time and praying like that ahead of time, not knowing what the future holds, but knowing there is an enemy who goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And, and think of this. Jesus told, in fact, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to have you turn to Matthew chapter 13. And while you're turning there, here's a clip of my father praying. This is the, I made fun of the wrong kind of prayer. Here's the right kind of prayer. One of the most important lessons in the Bible to obtaining everything that God has and to increase all the days of your life is by and large silenced in the modern American church. And that is Psalm 84 and verse 11. 
No good thing will I withhold from them who walk uprightly. As has been called by many men of God through the generations, holiness is the master key. And in your fasting and prayer, be sure to take time to do what Paul told the church at Corinth. Examine yourself. Examine yourself, saith the Lord. Remove everything that hinders the Holy Spirit. Be willing to lay before the cross of Christ and ask for total and full crucifixion of self. Remove every sin. Remove every carnality. Purpose in your heart to be like Jesus and less like yourself. Holiness is the accelerator to the favor of God and to the opening of the windows of heaven and to the outpouring of his great blessings that you cannot contain. Purpose in your heart in 2022 to live holy, to live pure, to walk in integrity. Examine yourself, saith the Lord, for it is true, no good thing will I withhold from them who walk uprightly. Raise those hands high. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that at the very heart of the vision of Revival Today Church, that this would be a holy place, and my house shall be called a house of prayer. And prayer produces holiness. They walk hand in hand, and may it be from this day forward that this work will walk through Pittsburgh and then through southwest Pennsylvania and then through the state and then through the region. Under the coming of the Lord, may this be a fire that burns brightly for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. No weapon formed against it shall ever prosper. Its enemies shall come one way, but they shall always flee seven. And no one will be able to stop the wind that blows from the mouth of God into the sail of this vision. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. May it be as they have said, the book of Acts in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and surrounding areas. Let signs and wonders and miracles follow the preaching of the word. Now I ask in Jesus' name for this blessing to come upon every person within the sound of my voice. That as the hand of God has touched this work, may it spread into every life, every home, every son, every daughter. As they lay their hands on the vision of the Lord, may the vision of the Lord lay hands upon them. And as they honor the work of the Lord, I pray that you would honor their work. That every single person who attends this church would prosper supernaturally. That testimonies of the favor of God, the advancement of God, the promotion of God. I pray that you would take common people and raise them up to positions where they'll only be able to lift their hands to heaven with tears. 
and say, this is the work of the Lord, and it is wonderful in our eyes. In the name of Jesus, may all who attend this church have supernatural health. With long life, satisfy them. We drive out every sickness, disease, and infirmity in the mighty name of Jesus. And pronounce that they shall walk in the favor of the Lord. Spiritually, intellectually, physically, financially, maritally. Everything that their hand touches, I pray that the favor and the blessing of the Lord would become contagious. Now draw supernaturally, for only the Holy Spirit can convict of sin and convince people of their need of Christ. I pray that they might have Book of Acts growth, that you would add to the church daily such as should be saved, and that people by the hundreds and then by the thousands would be attracted to the fire of God, and may it burn brightly under the sound of the trumpet. May none be missing in eternity's morning. I ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we give you praise for all things. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. That's Revival Today Chapel. That was a pretty good turnout for a two-day-old church for a noon-to-one prayer service on a Monday. I was very happy with that. Matthew 13. Here's another story Jesus told. Verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as men slept in the new living, as the workers slept, his enemy came in and planted tares among the wheat and slipped away. I want you to write in the comments and in your notes, as men slept. Now, you parallel that. What were the disciples doing when Jesus was praying and it was time to pray? What were they doing? We'll see who gets it first. What were the disciples doing when it was time for it? That's right, AJ. There we go. Jacqueline. I don't know. Tammy got it first. <coughs> That's right. So I want you to parallel that. A choice to not fast and pray... As men slept, the enemy came in and planted tares among the wheat. Not praying is spiritual sleepiness, sleeping. They're asleep spiritually. You know, going out for food, treating. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be too hard on people. You just, you, you see people, I'm not Christians, leaders, just brazenly eating food, Instagramming it. Their whole life is just a celebration from one restaurant to one vacation to another. There's no, like, been asleep for, for 15 years. And the enemy comes in because you allowed him. He came in while you slept. So this is a time where the Bible says, don't be asleep, but be alert, on guard. So we're not asleep. We're on guard. It actually frustrates the enemy's plan to plant tares among the wheat. I, um, Patrick said, I curse your cough and command you to be well in Jesus' name. Take it easy. I got one thing in my throat. It's not, it's not leukemia. But I appreciate it just the same. It, it's a cough. I got a little chewing tobacco stuck in my uvula. 
Um, but I, I'm, I'm glad you care about me, but I'm very, I feel very good. So it, fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year is a decision to not be spiritually sleepy. You think about it, even a church, when does a church get attacked? They don't attack churches at 1 p.m. It gets, it gets graffitied at 2 in the morning while men slept. That verse really stands out to me. While men slept, the enemy came in and planted tares among the wheat. Get me that other um, prayer my dad did on the Friday night, if you could. Let me know when that's queued up. I'm gonna, I'll have it played at the end. I'll just deal with one thing today. I had it marked. Do I have it marked? Oh yeah, there it is. I already had it. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Read it in the King James. Is that Matthew 9? Then the disciples of John came to Jesus saying, John, uh, Matthew 9, 14. Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom's with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. The responsibility of all believers. Not the day will come. The days will come where the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. I want you to write this down, and we'll close with this. Fasting is the covenant responsibility of all Christians. Fasting is the covenant responsibility of all Christians. I mean, if you think that fasting is Old Testament or not necessary, you got, you got a um, problem with that scripture. The Pharisees said, how come we're always fasting? And John the Baptist's disciples were always fasting, are always fasting, and your disciples are always eating. I can picture Peter in the background with like a, a sandwich. Just over there eating nonstop. Jesus said, do the groomsmen mourn when they're with the bridegroom? No. But the day will come where the bridegroom will be taken from them in those days when? When Jesus is taken from the disciples, which happened on, on uh, the Mount of Olives. And in those days, they will fast. Fasting's not something we do to go deeper into God. Or, it is a covenant responsibility that was practiced in the early church. It was commanded by Christ. Matthew chapter 6. Not if you fast, when you fast. Then here, Matthew 9. 
The day will come where they're ta- well, they'll be taken from, well, where he'll be taken from them, and in those days, they will fast. So I want you to see that from Scripture. For, all, for everything you're going to have to put up with, from unbelieving family or other Christians and little mocking statements you'll see on social media about how everybody's fasting right now, you're not choosing to do an extra thing. You're not doing something that's outside of Scripture. Well, I know somebody, they used to fast all the time. They, they, you know, they, were, they were nuts. Okay, There's a lot, I know people that don't fast at all that are nuts. So what's your point? I know a person that fasted and they did it wrong and they hurt their body. I know people that never fast that hurt their body. So what's your point? The bottom line is it's commanded. You don't, you don't, you don't pick out some idiot and make that your reason you don't do something. Just because somebody does something wrong doesn't mean you can't do it right. And I'm showing you, as you stick with me, how to do it right. I'm giving you six to six. Six to six isn't going to kill anybody. If it does, you probably didn't have long left anyway. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Coffee, water, pretty much water, because you're eating at six. Juice is, you know, a, a bottle of juice of orange juice can be 420 calories. You know, like a light meal. Water, six to six. Now, I'm having coffee with, with some milk in it, but I'm not breaking. I'm doing more than I'm asking you to do. I'm saying that because I'm not asking you to do something I'm not doing. I'm doing more. I'm not breaking at six. Adalis isn't breaking at six. And I'm going to get into some more benefits of fasting and prayer tomorrow. I had one written down. I never got past the, the covenant responsibility. But I want you to see that fasting and prayer is the covenant responsibility of all believers. Again, if you'll write it in the comments and in your notes. Fasting and prayer is, a, is the covenant responsibility of all believers. The day will come where the bridegroom will be taken from them, and in those days... They will fast. Not they might fast. They will fast. And my friend Killis said, it's worth it not to break at, at six. It'll change your life. As we go these 21 days, I mean, if you, I won't stop you. But if you hit a point next week where it's getting very easy for you, and it comes to six and you're not really hungry, you're just eating because it's six and you can I would encourage you to go your first full 24 hours. After you do your first full 24 hours, to do your first three days. And the numbers are way up on the broadcast. I'm glad. I'm glad they've gone up every year. It's amazing. Then people coming in live. If you will give these 21 days to God with your whole heart, I'm telling you, it will pay dividends the rest of the year. It'll clear, out, it'll clear out invisible enemies. It'll clear out visible enemies. Your health breaks, breaks forth speedily. Your light breaks forth. Talking about revelation from the Word of God. It, it is a dividing line between carnal Christians and spiritual Christians. It is a commitment to fasting and prayer. And I'm glad you're coming along for the ride. You will not be sorry. There's nothing that God ever commanded that's for his benefit. 
Everything God commanded is for our benefit, even the tithes and the offerings. See, if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that's so great, you won't have room enough to take it all in. Try it and let me prove it to you. You're going to have a great year because you're, you're taking the steps to have a great year now. You're not giving the enemy a chance to come in and plant tares while you sleep. And a lot of people do that. They're spiritually asleep until the poo hits the fan, and then all of a sudden, man, we need to pray. No, pray ahead of time. If you pray while everyone's asleep, you can be asleep while everybody's praying. Lessons from Daniel in the lion's den. He did his praying ahead of time. When he got thrown in the lion's den, he turned the lion's mane into a pillow. He slept. He wasn't praying. Oh, Lord, I'm in a lion. No, I already prayed. Imagine for the rest of the year when you hear bad news going, I already prayed about that. No, I'm not praying. The devil doesn't get to dictate when I pray by sending news my way. I did my praying. This year is consecrated to God. I'm having the best year I've ever had, and that's not changing for anything. My friend Rosalie said, ever since I started doing the fast at the beginning of each year, okay, it's on the app. Can you scroll down? Getting a lot of comments. Ever since I started, do ever since I started doing the fast at the beginning of each year, my life has gotten better and better. I'm looking forward to fasting again once I'm not pregnant. You got to be due any day now. I was actually, when I saw your name, I was wondering if you had had the baby yet. Adalus always hated that part of being pregnant, not joining in on the fast. But, but the Lord knows. Pray, you know. Nobody's exempted from praying. God knows your heart that you're, you're pregnant. You know, that would be stupid to fast while, while you're pregnant. God knows that. But I hear you. You know, you start seeing the benefits of it. Who knows what I prayed last year during fasting and prayer? that gave us everything we have now. It's one miracle after another. I'm going to tell you something. Your life will be one miracle after another miracle. No more ups and downs. As you commit to your covenant responsibility to fast and pray, the benefits of fasting and prayer will be evident in your life. What you've struggled with, you won't struggle with anymore. Is this not the fast I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? The bands of wickedness that have attached themselves to you will not follow you off of this fast. You're going into a, a new life, new territory. You know, you're due February 7th. That's awesome. Congratulations ahead of time on a healthy baby and easy delivery. In the name of Jesus. And I, I, I'm not getting, you know, we've got 21 days together, so I don't have to get into all the topics, but put your faith out when you're praying on this time of fasting. What do you want God to do for you? Make it a matter of heartfelt prayer on this fast, and God will give you what you ask for. Is this not the fast I have chosen? And then the Bible says, when you call, he will answer you. 
Fasting is an accelerator of prayers being answered. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person that's watching, every person that's listening by podcast, as they engage with you, I pray your word would come alive to them. I pray they would, they would see your hand at work in every affair of their life, their family, everything. In Jesus' name, I thank you their health will break forth speedily. I thank you every band of wickedness will be loosed in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord, and I give you praise. Let every issue of concern go missing in their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Carolina said, God bless our fasting time. Let us be cheerful and alert. That is something you have to pay attention to. Especially as the fast goes deeper, you can be a little short-tempered. Which I have to watch that when I'm eating, so I have to extra watch it now. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to engage in what we do at the beginning of the year. When you fast, when you pray, when you give. The three wins of Matthew 6 that Jesus taught. When you fast, when you pray, when you give. Joshua 20, 26, they fasted from morning till evening. God gave them the breakthrough after they had sacrificed. So giving is a powerful thing. You know, it's like you're pushing everything away in this time of fasting and prayer. You're not buying food. You're not going to the mall. It's not a time where you're consuming. It's a, it's a time where you're giving. You're putting seed in the ground to start the year. To give God something to multiply. And boy, are the returns amazing. Where I'm sitting now is a return. We weren't in this building at this time last year. So you fast and pray. I was thinking yesterday how much money I had in the bank to start last year and two buildings. And now we have, I think, five times the money that we had uh, to start last year and two extra buildings. And we gave like crazy to start the year. This is a seed sowing time. You're sowing your time. You're sowing your life by fasting. And then you, 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 you sow your substance. And then God increases your substance. I have a challenge out that we're almost up. 66 people that will sow $10,000. And for those that do that, I'm going to send you 66 books that Adalas and I got together and felt like every Christian should own and read. Life-changing books. Understanding Financial Prosperity, Healing the Sick, The Believer's Authority, The Assignment by Mike Murdoch, Money Cometh by Leroy Thompson, and many more books from Lester Summerall, Oral Roberts, A.A. Allen, Bob Rogers, my mom's new book, on how to raise godly children. Ted Shuttlesworth Seniors on, on the gifts of the Spirit. Kenneth Copeland, 
Smith Wigglesworth, Jesse Duplantis, Jermaine Copeland, Lauren Cunningham, Finnis Dake, and more. 66 books as a thank you to the 66 people that the Lord speaks to to sow a $10,000 seed. And I thank you to the 30 so of you that already have. And then to everybody who gives, regardless of the size of the seed, and remember, these are thank yous. These are not your harvest. I've sent money to ministries before, and you wonder if they ever got it or anything. You know, I never heard from them. And I, again, you do it as under the Lord, but I'd like to know that it, it arrived. So this is our way of not only letting you know it arrived, but that I don't take it for granted. And book, books are the best gift. It's the gift God gave us that he left with us. He sent Christ, and then Christ went back, but he left us a great book. And so I'm going to send you two to everybody who gives regardless of the size of their seed. And we'll get these to you as fast as we can so you have them for the fast. A complete guide to biblical fasting. Master the habit that provokes God's favor. Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., forward by Bob Rogers. And then the 21-day fast field guide, a 21-day fasting devotional, a companion uh, to the other book. Here's the ways you can give. Hashtag donate on Facebook. You can always just go to our website, revivaltoday.com, and click give now. You can text RT to 50155. Cash app, dollar sign RT give. Venmo, at RT give. Revivaltoday.com slash PayPal. If you want to give cryptocurrency, you can scan that QR code. Thank you, Shalana. And then if you want to mail it, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. Make it out to Revival today. You can call 412-446-2332. International, plus one. 412-446-2332. Are we allowed to fast while working and going to school? What do you think I'm doing right now? I'm not playing. Obviously, everybody that fasts is doing it while they're working. The Bible commands you to work, and nobody has 21 days to take off of work. Not and still return to your place of work when you're done. Unless you're Kramer. Everybody has things going on. I'll tell you another thing fasting does is it, it shows you you're in charge of your life. My mother's having a birthday party in a week and, you know, it would be weird if I went there. And, eh, all right. You know, either your schedule and your life pulls you around on a leash or you're the master of it. And the, the ability to do this shows whether you're in charge of your life or whether you've built a life that's in charge of you. Poor John Castellano. I, didn't, I, I never thought of that. John said, I'm door dashing and fasting. He works as a door dash delivery guy. Boy, that has to be. Okay, if John Castellano can fast while delivering hot food to people all day, man, I'll never feel sorry for myself again. That's torture. John Castellano, 
you, you're going to get venerated in um, wherever the, the Catholic Church headquarters is. What's it called? The Vatican. You're going to get venerated at the Vatican, the patron saint of fasting. Proud of you, man. All right. Um, since the sound was off, let me make sure this gets out. For the rest of the week and the rest of the 21-day fast, noon to one prayer and the 7 p.m. breakthrough services. All right, 107 Patton Drive, Coriopolis, Pennsylvania. Not where we had it yesterday. It's not in the chapel. It's in Revival Today Church. Monday to Friday, noon to 1 and 7 p.m. Last night, Kofi and I spoke. 7 to 8, uh, I think we got out at 8.35. Pamela said I'm cooking two meals a day for my husband in a semi-truck and fasting. You know, my dad, when he would go on fast, he would cook all the meals for us. It was like he, I don't know, maybe it's like, you can't eat food, but you like being around it or something. Kind of helps. I don't know. Maybe that was just him. All right. I'll see you. Uh, now all, everything's going to be broadcast. So the prayer will be on noon to one. The breakthrough service will be on at seven. But please get here. Be a part of building this great church that the Lord gave us. I'm going to play my dad's prayer from Friday night as we close out, and I will see you. Uh, wait. Okay. We will not pray my dad, play my dad's prayer on the way out, but hopefully we'll do it tomorrow. I love you very much. Thanks for joining me. It means the world to me. God bless you. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.